Les Miserables by Hot Buckle Productions. She's very pretty. Thank you. Will you look after my child for me? Eh? You see, I, I cannot take my daughter to the country. With a child, one can find no work. People are absurd there. It was the good God who caused me to pass your inn. When I caught sight of your little one, so pretty, so clean and so happy, it overwhelmed me. And I said, here is a good mother. That is just the thing that will make two sisters. And then it, it will not be long before I return. Will you look after my child for me? Let me think about it. I, I will give you six francs a month. Not for less than seven francs. And six months paid in advance. Six times seven makes forty-two. I will give it. And uh, fifteen francs in addition for preliminary expenses. Total fifty-seven francs. I will pay it. I have eighty francs. I shall have enough left to reach the country by travelling on foot. I shall earn money there, and as soon as I have a little, I will return for my darling. The uh, little one has an outfit. Of course she has an outfit. And a beautiful outfit too. Everything by the dozen and silk gowns like a lady. I have everything you'll need. You must hand it over. Of course I shall give it to you. It would be very queer if I were to leave my daughter with no clothes. That's good. That settles a few of my debts very nicely. You paid the mousetrap nicely with the young one, my dear. Without even suspecting it. What is it? Two things, sir. Well? The young woman is here, sir, looking for work. Of good character. You know my policy. Make her fully aware of the conditions of employment and put her where we have the most need. Uh, You said two things. What's the second? The new chief of police is here, monsieur. He wishes to see you. What for? You're the mayor. So? The new chief of police wishes to meet the mayor. It's quite normal. Very well. Show him in. Monsieur? Le Maire. Of course. Monsieur Le Maire. I'm sorry, Monsieur, I hesitated. I felt for a second that I'd met you before. But perhaps I'm mistaken. Please. I hope you don't think I was rude. I was merely... And what's your name? My name is Javert. I've been appointed the new chief of police. And naturally, I wish to make your acquaintance, Monsieur Le Maire having heard so much of your wealth and goodness, and, of course, your position as mayor of this town. Indeed. Well, it's good to meet you, Monsieur... Javert. Of course, uh, Monsieur Javert. Now, if you'll excuse me... Of course. You are busy. Good morning to you. Inspector! What is it? A good man, Father Fauchelevent, has fallen beneath his cart, his horse stumbled and has broken its leg. He's trapped. He will be crushed. Is there a jack screw to be had? 
One has been sent for. Well, how long will it take to get it? They've gone to the nearest variable. It'll make no difference. It'll take a good quarter of an hour. The cart is sinking because of the rains we've had. His ribs will be broken in less than five minutes. We can't wait another quarter of an hour. We must. But it'll be too late. Listen, there's still room enough under the cart to allow a man to crawl beneath it and raise it with his back, and the poor man can be taken out. Is there anyone here who has stout loins and heart? Here are five louis d'or to be earned. Ten louis. Come. Twenty. It is not the will which is lacking. It is strength. One would have to be an incredibly strong man to do such a thing as lift a cart like that upon his back. I have known but one man capable of doing what you ask. He was a convict oh. in the galleys at Toulon. I'm suffocating. My ribs are breaking. Oh, a jackscrew. Something. Oh. Is there anyone, then, to save the life of this poor man? I have known but one man who could take the place of a jackscrew, and he was that convict. He's crushing me! Monsieur le maire, go out, go away! You see that I'm fated to die, leave me! You'll get yourself crushed! Make haste! Help! There. He's free. She has ways about her, that one. Which one? The pretty one? Where does she come from? Who knows? She writes letters. Two of them, every week. She's got lovely hair. White teeth. Sometimes she cries. I've seen her. She thinks no one sees, but I've seen her. Your husband? What about him? He's the public writer. He must know what's in those letters and where they go. But of course, he'd never tell, being the good man that he is. Leave it to me. A belly full of wine empties his pocket of any secret. Here is 50 francs from the mayor. Your employment is at an end. It's probably best if you leave the neighbourhood. But why? I am in debt. 50 francs is not sufficient to cancel this debt. I have to pay the Thenardiers 12 francs, although we agreed six, but they want more each month. Yeah, I, I have a child, but it's not as you think. I loved the father. I'm not a bad person. I am an honest worker. You must go. It's not my decision. If you wish to question it, you should see the mayor. Mayor? I don't dare see the mayor. He, he is a good man. He is a just man. What am I going to do? What about Cosette? I've lost my job. I have only 50 francs. There is not enough money to pay the rent or to pay for my furniture. If you leave, the landlady will have you arrested as a thief. Your furniture can be returned, just keep the bed. You're young and pretty, you can pay. You could make coarse shirts for the soldiers at the garrison. It pays five sous a day. But I must pay ten sous a day to the Thenardiers. How am I to survive? Oh, there is a way to live. In misery. You can live without fire in the winter by making a coverlet of your petticoat. Save your candle by heating your meals by the light of the opposite window. No one knows 
all that us feeble creatures who have grown old in privation and honesty can get out of a sou. By only sleeping five hours and working all the rest of the time at my sewing, I shall, shall always manage to nearly earn my bread. <coughs> and then when one is sad, one eats less. <coughs> How hot my hands are. Write this down. Your little Cosette is in need of clothes in this uh, cold winter, and she is, at this moment, uh, entirely naked. Uh, she needs a woolen skirt. Uh, you must send at least ten francs for this. Uh, yours, uh, blah, 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 etc., etc. What splendid hair! How much will you give me for it? Ten francs. Cut it off. My child will no longer be cold. I shall clothe her with my hair. What's this supposed to be? It's a woolen skirt. I can see it's a woolen skirt. What I mean is, what are we supposed to do with it? Well, you could... I asked for ten francs. Yes, for a woolen skirt. Yes, thank you. I've worked that out. I won't make that mistake again. Eponine, my darling. Look what Mama's got for you. Cosette, go fetch more water from the well in the woods and hurry. Write this down. Cosette is ill with a malady uh, which is going the rounds of the neighbourhood. Uh, military fever, they call it. Uh, peculiar to this area. Expensive drugs are required, locally manufactured. Uh, this is ruining us, and we can no longer pay for them. If you do not send us 40 francs before the week is out, uh, then the little one uh, will be dead. Will she? No. Ooh, clever. 40 francs. It's a joke. They write to me and ask me for 40 francs for my cassette. Where am I going to get 40 francs? Write this down. I have thus far waited with decidedly too much amiability, and so you must send me 100 francs at once. Otherwise, we shall be forced to turn your little cassette out of doors. Convalescent as she is from her heavy and expensive illness uh, into the cold and the streets, she may then do as she likes uh, with herself and um, die if she so chooses. Will she? No! Ah! One hundred francs. I no longer have a bed. My coverlet is a rag. I sew seventeen hours a day and I'm indebted to everyone, so even if I had time to go out, I never would. Then you must sell what you have left. But I have nothing left. You have one thing left. Look, here comes one. Where? Oh yes, I see it. Watch this. Ha 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 ha! Bois, you're incorrigible. Oh come now, it's fun. 
leave me alone. Won't you just leave me alone? Is she talking to us? Hard to tell. What an awful smell. Why must you be so cruel? Just leave me alone. <coughs> Are you talking to us, you ugly thing? <laughs> She's got no teeth. What stone did you crawl out from under? <laughs> She's hideous. You're spoiling our view. Do you mind? Leave me alone, do you hear? Oops, better watch it. She's turned nasty. <laughs> Perhaps we should go. Nonsense. She's the one that should go. stay. You bitch! Follow me. Sergeant, take three men and conduct this creature to jail. You are to serve six months. Six months? Six months of prison, but... But, Cassette, I still owe the Tenardiers over a hundred francs. Monsieur Javert, I beseech your mercy. That, that gentleman, he pulled my shawl from me. And then he'd been saying rude things to me for a long time, and I asked him to stop, and then he pulled my shawl away. Monsieur Javert, please, good monsieur, I must pay one hundred francs, or my little girl will be turned out onto the street. Please don't put me in prison. I've not been well lately. Have pity, my good Monsieur Javert. Come. I've heard you out. Have you finished? You'll get six months. Our eternal father in heaven could do nothing more. Mercy. One moment, if you please. Excuse me, Monsieur le Maire. Inspector Javert, set this woman at liberty. At liberty? I'm not to go to prison for six months. Who said that? It cannot have been that monster of a mayor. <coughs> he turned me out. <laughs> All because of a pack of vindictive hags who gossip in the workroom. I had my little Cosette, and I was actually forced to become a bad woman. Oh, Monsieur Javert, it was you who gave me orders that I'm to be set free, was it not? It is necessary to be just. I understand that you are just, Mr. Inspector, but I'm not well, and on reflection, since you are a good man, you say that I'm to be set at liberty. For six months in prison would prevent my supporting my child. Oh, I won't do it again, Monsieur Javert. Sergeant, don't you see that that jade is walking off? Who bade you let her go? I. Monsieur Le Maire, that cannot be. Why not? This miserable woman has attacked a citizen. Listen, you're an honest man. Here's what actually happened. I made inquiries. It was the citizen who was in the wrong and who should have been arrested by properly conducted police. But she insulted you, Monsieur Le Maire. That's my concern, not yours. I beg Monsieur Le Maire's pardon. The insult is not to him, but to the law. Monsieur Javert, the highest law is conscience. I've heard this woman... I know what I'm doing. And I am obeying my duty in connection with the gentleman. My duty demands that this woman shall serve six months in prison. Heed this well. She will not serve a single day. I am sorry to oppose, Monsieur Le Maire, but I am within the bounds of my authority. This is a question of police regulations in the streets and concerns me, and I shall detain this woman, Fontaine. The matter to which you refer is one connected with the municipal police. According to the terms of Articles 9, 11 and 66 of the Code of Criminal Examination, I'm the judge. I order that this woman shall be set at liberty. But Monsieur Le Maire, permit me. Not another word. But... Leave the room. Fontaine, I have heard you. I knew nothing about this. I believe that it's true. I feel that it's true. I will pay your debts and send for your child. <laughs> uh, you shall live here in my care. You shall be honest and happy once more. 
and if all is as you say, and I, I do not doubt it, you have never ceased to be virtuous and holy in the sight of God, <laughs> you poor dear woman. Read it. Enclosed is 300 francs. You may pay yourselves handsomely with this sum. Please bring the child immediately to Montfermeil. Her sick mother requires her presence. Devil! Let's not give up the child. This lark is going to turn into a milk cow. I see what's going on. Some ninny has taken a fancy to the mother. Write this down. Sadly, the sum of 500 francs is required to assuage the debts incurred by the poor young thing's debilitating illnesses. Received on account 300 francs. I have been a sinner. When I have my child beside me, it will be a sign that God has pardoned me. Shall I see my cassette soon? Tomorrow, perhaps. She may arrive at any moment. I'm expecting her. Oh, how happy I'm going to be. Write this down. Regrettably, cassette is not quite well enough to take a journey in the winter and, of course, there still remain some petty but nevertheless pressing debts in the locale in relation to the poor young thing. Uh, yours, blah, 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 etc, etc. Monsieur Le Maire. What is it? Inspector Javert is here to see you, sir. Admit him. Well, what is it? What's the matter, Javert? An inferior agent of the authorities has failed in respect, and in the gravest manner towards a magistrate. I have come to bring the fact to your knowledge, as it is my duty to do. Who is the agent? I. You? I. And who's the magistrate who has reason to complain of the agent? You, Monsieur Le Maire. Monsieur Maire, I have come to request you to instigate the authorities to dismiss me. I have failed in my duty, and I must be turned out. Monsieur Le Maire, you were severe with me the other day, and unjustly. Be so today, with justice. Come now. Why? What culpable act have you been guilty of towards me? What have you done to me? I don't understand. Monsieur le maire, six weeks ago, in consequence of the scene over that woman, I was furious, and I informed against you at the Prefecture of Police in Paris. <laughs> As a mayor who had encroached on the province of the police? As an ex-convict. I, I thought it was so. I had had an idea for a long time, a resemblance. I took you for a certain Jean Valjean. What did you say the name was? Jean Valjean. He was a convict I knew when I was guard of convicts at Toulon. He passed 19 years in the galleys. Five years for housebreaking and burglary. He stole a loaf of bread and then 14 years for having attempted to escape on four occasions. He was released but skipped bail eight years ago. I denounced you at the prefecture. And what reply did you receive? That I was mad. Well? They were right. It's lucky that you recognised this fact. I am forced to do so, since the real Jean Valjean has been found. 
It is he. The same age, he's 54. Same height, same air, same man. There is a convict still incarcerated who knew him, and he too agrees that it is Jean Valjean. I've been to see him myself. There is no question. Jean Valjean is at Arras in the power of the authorities. And what does this man say? He has an astonished air and pretends to be stupid, but it makes no difference. The proofs are there. He's been recognised by four persons. I am to witness his trial tomorrow in Arras. I shall return in the evening, and then I must be dismissed. Javert, you are a man of honour. You exaggerate your fault. Moreover, this is an offence which concerns me. Javert, you deserve promotion instead of degradation. I wish you to retain your post. I have suspected you unjustly, without proofs, and in a fit of rage with the object of wreaking my vengeance. I have denounced you as a convict, you, a respectable man, a mayor, a magistrate. If one of my subordinates had done what I had done, I should have declared him unworthy of the service and have expelled him. I have often been severe in the course of my life towards others. That is just. I have done well. Now, if I were not severe towards myself, all the justice that I have done would become injustice. I do not desire that you should treat me kindly. Good God, it is very easy to be kind. The difficulty lies in being just. Come, discharged, cashiered, expelled. That is well. I have arms. I will till the soil. It makes no difference to me, Monsieur Mayor. The good of the service demands an example. I simply require the discharge of Inspector Javert. We shall see. A mayor does not offer his hand to a police spy. I shall continue to serve until I am superseded. I should like to see Monsieur Le Maire. Soon, my child, soon. Time is it, sister? Is this not the hour of his usual visit to me? Do not fret, child. You are speaking of Monsieur Le Maire. Why are you talking so low? Where is he? Why does he not come? Answer me. <coughs> he could not come today. Be calm. Lie down again. He's gone to get Cosette. I, I beg your pardon for having spoken so loud, but you see, I am very happy. He has gone to Montfermeil to get my little Cosette. How far is it from here to Montfermeil? Oh, I think he will be here tomorrow. I shall see Cosette tomorrow. You see, I'm no longer ill. I'm mad. I'm happy. I could dance if anyone wished it. Well, now that you're happy, mind me and do not talk any more. In view of the denials of the prisoner, who seemingly would like to pass himself off as an idiot... We would remind the court of the testimony of the convict Bravet, having more recently heard that of Police Inspector Javert, an estimable man who does honour by his rigorous and strict probity to inferior but important functions. As to the question concerning the identity of the prisoner in relation to the wanted convict Jean Valjean. Once again, Bravet. Take a good look at the accused and tell us on your soul and conscience if you persist in recognising this man as your former companion in the galleys, Jean Valjean.
Yes, Mr. President. I was the first to recognise him. That man is Jean Valjean. Take your seat. Prisoner, remain standing. You have heard the testimony against you. What have you to say? I say that it's ridiculous. Silence! Prisoner, it is the finding of this court that you are indeed the ex-convict Jean Valjean. As such, you are guilty of breaching your bail conditions and evading justice for over 15 years. Therefore, it is my solemn duty... Reve, look here. Do you not recognise me? I... I remember you. You who conferred on yourself the name Jeanne Dieu. Your whole right shoulder bears a deep burn because one day you laid your shoulder against the chafing dish full of coals. Answer. Is this true? It is true. Gentlemen of the court, this prisoner should be released. Mr President, have me arrested. He's not the man you're looking for. It is I... I am Jean Valjean. I do not wish to disturb the court further. I shall withdraw since you do not arrest me. I have many things to do. The district attorney knows who I am. He knows whither I'm going. He can have me arrested when he likes. Court dismissed. Is it Monsieur la Mer? And Cosette? Where is she? Why did you not place her on my bed against the moment of my waking? Your child is here. Oh, bring her to me. Not yet. You still have some fever. But I'm cured. I tell you that I'm cured. I want to see my child. It is not enough to see her. You need to live for her. When you're feeling better, I'll bring her to you myself. I beg your pardon, monsieur. Sometimes I do not know what I'm saying. I understand you. I will wait as long as you like, but I swear to you that it would not have harmed me to see my daughter. I have no longer any fever. I am well. When Monsieur le Maire pleases, he shall bring me Cosette. <laughs> Cosette is beautiful. Cosette is well. You shall see her soon. But calm yourself. You're talking too much. <laughs> and that makes you cough. <laughs> she is seven years old. In five years she will have a white veil and open-work stockings and she will look like a little woman. You do not know how foolish I become when I think of my daughter's first communion. Monsieur le maire, save me. Javert, be at ease. It is not for you that he has come. I know what you want. Be quick about it. Are you coming? Monsieur le maire. There is no longer any Monsieur le maire here. Javert, call me Monsieur Inspector. Monsieur, I should like to say a word to you in private. Aloud! Say it aloud. People are in the habit of talking to me aloud. I have a request to make of you. I tell you to speak loud. But you alone should hear it. What difference does that make to me? I shall not listen. Grant me three days' grace. Three days in which to go and fetch the child of this unhappy woman. I will pay whatever is necessary. You shall accompany me if you choose. You're making fun of me. Give you three days in which to escape, and you say it's for the purpose of fetching this woman's child. That's priceless. Answer me, sister. Where is Cosette? I want my child. Monsieur le maire. And now there's the other one. Hold your tongue, you hussy. I tell you, there is no Monsieur le maire. There is a thief, a brigand, and a convict named Jean Valjean. And I have him in my grasp. That's what there is. Monsieur le maire. You've murdered that woman. I've had enough of this. 
I'm not here to listen to this. There's a guard downstairs. Follow me or you'll get the thumbscrews. I advise you not to disturb me at this moment. I... I shall be waiting downstairs. Do not be long. Sister, open the window. But, Monsieur Le Maire, you cannot jump from so high. Sister, I need you to do something for me. Your time is up. I cannot wait any longer. Sister, are you alone in this room? Yes. The convict, the man that was here, he's gone? Jumped from the window? Yes. Pardon me. Is it true, sir, what they say? You see the name on the sign, sir? But of course, the Sergeant of Waterloo. Well then, sir, you have answered your own question. So you are that Sergeant? You were there? I was, sir. Serving our country and the Emperor, and I'm not afraid to say so. What was it like? Were the English as cruel as they say? They were. But then, so were we all. That's war for you. Now, if you don't mind, I'd prefer not to talk about it. Yes, of course. It must be painful. Excuse our intrusion. Well, I should be... But if you insist, then of course it is my duty as an old campaigner who offered his life for his country to indulge. Do you know, there is to this very day a well in a certain village in that part of the world known as Waterloo that has no bucket or pulley because water is no longer drawn from it. Why? Because it's full of skeletons. No! Yes, 300 dead bodies were cast into it. With too much haste, perhaps. Were they all dead? Legend says they were not. It seems that on the night succeeding the internment, feeble voices were heard calling from the well. No. Yes. I should go. Come, the night is young. More drinks, gentlemen. Uh, Cosette, fetch more wine and be quick about it. We have another black eye to match the first. And when you've done that, uh, go get some more water from the well in the woods. We're running low. Now, where was I? Oh, yes. How do I know this? Because I was there, gentlemen. I was a sergeant in General Soy's brigade. Do you know, before the battle, we marched non-stop for six... General Soy? At Hugemont? Ah, you've heard of it. Anyway, as I was saying, we marched for six... The chapel at Hugemont, the weeping well. The divisions of General Soy, thrown against an English platoon, barricaded in a chapel. Fifteen hundred men were lost in less than an hour. Uh, yes, I-, I was just about to say that. You seem to know your facts. Uh, as I was saying, before the battle we marched... The French breached the barricade and made their way in, but could not stand their ground. Yes, that's that's right, and of course... Of course the English retreated and were besieged on the stairs and the first floor. The French were in the courtyard. The English had nothing to lose. They fired from every nook and cranny. It was a massacre. The mass has not been said in that chapel since the carnage. But the altar is still there, despite everything. Despite fire. The French set fire to it. Flames filled the building. The English, who then massacred the remaining French, were trapped on the first floor of a burning building. Yes, really? No one survived. They all died, every Englishman and every Frenchman. That's right. Uh, uh, Hold on now, just talking about General Soyce. Oh, no, you... (laughs) 
you misheard me. I was with General Foy at Parnas. Uh, that was a very different event, uh, but just as dangerous and interesting. Uh, now, um, uh, gentlemen, if you'll excuse me, an innkeeper's work is never done. Uh, Cosette, uh, fetch my tobacco. Cosette, where is that lazy minx? Uh, we must be away. Uh, have our horses been watered? I'll see to it, sirs. Well, now, where's that beast? Where are you, you minx? Right, go and water those horses, you lazy good-for-nothing. But, madame, there is no water. Well, go and get some from the spring in the woods, then. There's plenty there. There never was such a malicious creature as that. But it's so dark out there, madame. Please don't... Away with you, you devil. You'll feel my fist, you hussy. I will tell her that there was no more water. to me. It's very heavy. I will carry it for you. Yes, sir. What's your name? Cosette. Who sent you at such an hour to get water in the forest? It was Madame Thenardier, the innkeeper's wife. Is there no servant in Madame Thenardier's house? Yes, sir. Me. Will you let me take my bucket now? Why? If Madame sees that someone's carried it for me, she'll beat me. Ah, there you are, you little wretch. You took your time. Good evening, my good man. I'm very sorry, but we have no rooms left. And you, get back in your kennel and get to work. Oh, Madame, let her play. She must work since she eats. I don't feed her to do nothing. What is she making? Stockings, if you please. Stockings for my little girl, who has none, so to speak, and who is completely barefoot just now. And how much will those stockings be worth when she's finished them? Thirty sous, at least. Will you sell them for five francs? Good heavens! Five francs? I should think so! Yes, sir. If such is your fancy, you will be allowed to have that pair of stockings for five francs. We can refuse nothing to travellers. Well, then, here. I'll pay for them. Now, my child, I own your work. So play. Is it true, madame? May I play? Play? Thank you. Who is he? I've seen millionaires with coats like that. This child. It's not yours. Oh, mon dieu, no, sir. She's a little beggar whom we've taken in through charity. A sort of imbecile child. She must have water on the brain. She has a very large head, as you can see. We do what we can for her, for we're not rich. We've written in vain to her native place and have received no reply these six months. It must be that her mother's dead. Uh, her mother didn't amount to much. She abandoned the child. What are you staring at now, imp? We've told you once already. Play. Play. <laughs> Oh, stop your noise. Play, my child. Old beast. What has he got in his belly to come and upset us in this manner? To want that little monster to play. 
to give away five francs for something that I would sell for 40 sous. A little more will be saying your majesty to her as though to the Duchess of Berry. He's all right. A traveller can do what he pleases when he pays for it. If the old fellow is a philanthropist, what is that to you? If he's an imbecile, it does not concern you. What are you worrying for so long as he has money? Is Monsieur leaving us already? Yes, I am going. I was simply passing through. Is business good here in Montfermeil? Oh, monsieur, times are so hard. And then we have so few bourgeois in the neighbourhood. All the people are poor, you see. If we're not now and then some rich and generous travellers like monsieur, we should not get along at all. We have so many expenses. I mean, that child is costing us our very eyes. Oh. And what if one were to rid you of her? Who? Cosette? Yes. Really? You take her away? I will take her away. Immediately? Immediately. Call the child. Cosette! In the meantime, I'll pay you what I owe you. How much is it? 23 francs. 23 francs? That's right, sir. 23 francs. As for the child, I must discuss that matter a little with the gentleman. Leave us, wife. Sir, I adore that child. Really? How strange it is. One grows attached to... What money is that? Take back your hundred sous piece. I adore the child. What are you saying? Eh? Our little Cosette. Are you not intending to take her away from us? I cannot allow it. It is true that she costs us money. It is true that she has her faults. But I love that little girl. My wife is quick-tempered, but she loves her too. You see, it's as if she were our own. I want to keep her to babble about the house. Excuse me, sir. But one does not give away one's child to a passerby like that. But if it were for her happiness, I should uh, sacrifice myself. But I should like to know what becomes of her so that I could go to see her from time to time. If I take Cosette away, I shall take her away. And that's the end of the matter. You will not know where she is. And my intention is that she shall never set eyes on you again, so long as she lives. Does that suit you? Yes or no? Sir, I am in need of 1,500 francs. Fetch Cosette. It breaks my heart, my darling, but it is for your sake that I can bear our parting. Come, Cosette. Uh, I beg your pardon, sir. Young man. Let this serve as a lesson to you. In future, be exact as to the direction in which you're headed. I really beg you a thousand pardons. I'm extremely sorry. I know you, don't I? We were at school together. Marius. Marius Pom... Pomacy. Marius Pomacy. Where do you live? Endurus! In that cab. Oh, a sign of opulence. I congratulate you. You have there a rent of 9,000 francs per annum. I have paid this rent for the last two hours, and I aspire to get rid of it. But there is a sort of history attached to it, and 
I don't know where to go. I know of some cheap rooms that are available. But first, let's visit a cafe I know. Gentlemen, a pupil. Marius, may I present the friends of the ABC? I'm the leader, a charmer. A savage. A gentleman. A soldier of democracy. If I'm the logic of the revolution, then our dear Comfair is its philosopher. Logic may end in war, but philosophy can only end in peace. And this is uh, Jolie, le malade imaginaire. He's training to be a doctor, but he's more of an invalid than a doctor. Do you see spots on my tongue? In his chamber, he's placed his bed with its head to the south and its foot to the north. That way, the circulation of my blood cannot be interfered with by the great electric current of the globe. During thunderstorms, he checked his own pulse. Oh, my very presence is a testament to that precaution. Never believe in anything. Except wine. (laughs) Our resident sceptic. There is but one certainty. My full wine glass. Have some dignity, you drunken fool. He's right. I should. But then he's always right. And I always should. (laughs) J'aime les filles. J'aime le bon vin. Do you have any political opinions? Yes. What are you? I am a Democrat Bonapartist. Then we must give you your entry to the revolution. In the first place, I won't have any kings. If it were only from an economical point of view, I don't want any. A king is a parasite. A charter should be granted to save the transition, to soften the passage, to deaden the shock, to enable a nation to pass from the monarchy to democracy without the carnage perpetually created by fundamentalists and purists. No, a charter is a mask, the lie that lurks beneath it. A people which accepts a charter abdicates. The law is only the law when entire. No, no charter. Corsica, a little island which has rendered France very great. France needs no Corsica to be great. France is great because she is France. But amalgamating Napoleon with her is is not diminishing her. Whom do you admire if you do not admire the emperor? He had everything. He was complete. He made history and he wrote it. He was the Archangel of War. He made the French Empire a pendant to the Roman Empire. A great nation that gave birth to the Grand Army, whose legions flew forth over all the earth as a mountain sends out its eagles on all sides to conquer, to dominate, to strike with lightning, to be in Europe a sort of nation gilded through glory. What greater thing is there? To be free. My mother. Citizen, my mother is the Republic. This is the room. Bed, washstand, Walt was in a jug in the corridor. Oh, and you share it with the other apartment on this floor. Family from the country, fallen on hard times. <laughs> What's it to me as long as they pay? The room's 30 sous a week paid on Fridays. 16 advance. If you miss a payment, you'll find your belongings in the street. Take it or leave it. Um, thank you, monsieur. I'll take the room. 60 sous in advance. You have candles. I don't need candles. When it is dark, I will sleep. <laughs> I'll see you tomorrow. Tomorrow. And thanks. <laughs> Any time. 
Yes, don't be so serious. Let me give you a piece of advice, my dear fellow. Don't read so many books. And look a little bit more at the girls. Now, who do you suppose she is? And therefore, who's he? Her father, of course. He looks like an ex-officer. Hmm. A widower, I think. There comes a day, my young friend, when a girl such as the one we see before us glances in a manner such as she did to you just then. And woe to him who chances to be there. Hello there. Upon my soul, I behold Marius's new coat and Marius's new hat. And is that Marius inside them? My dear fellow, you look utterly stupid. Have you dined? I forgot. I'll eat a bit of bread. Oh, good heavens. I shall not have time to strike an attitude. Um, uh, hmm. What are they coming in this direction for? What? She will pass here? Her feet will tread this sand, this walk, two paces from me. My dear fellow, you look awful. I feel like my brain is on fire. She looked at me as if to reproach me for not coming as far as her. So she came to me. Oh, what joy. Oh, dear. This is serious. You're lost. Utterly lost. It's all over with you. You love a woman. Of course, there may come a time when the father will notice. He will be too bold. He will start to approach the bench. Always. Oh, no. no never attract the attention of a father. <laughs> he must vary the places that he stands behind statues and trees so that he might be seen as much as possible by the girl and as little as possible by the father. Of course, if the father comes alone, no longer with his daughter, he should still stay, otherwise it may cause suspicion. To not stay would be a giveaway. An enormous blunder. Mon Dieu, what's eating him? The man came alone, but Marius did not stay. It was a giveaway. An enormous blunder. The man and the girl have disappeared. They no longer go to the park. He can think of nothing else. He is no longer Marius. He is a lost dog. Work disgusts him. Walking tires him. He thinks incessantly, but no longer has pleasure in his thoughts. What's the use? Why? Why? I was so happy at the mere sight of her. She looked at me. Was not that amazing? She had the air of loving me. Was not that enough? I wish to have what? There is nothing after that. I've been absurd. It is my own fault and I... I don't even know where she lives. Write this down. Benevolent man, if you deign to accompany my daughter, you will behold a miserable calamity. And I will show you my certificates. At the aspect of these writings, your generous soul will be moved with a sentiment of obvious 
benevolence. Therefore, true philosophers always feel lively emotions. Admit, compassionate man, that it is necessary to suffer the most cruel need, and that it is very painful for the sake of obtaining a little relief. I await your presence, or your offering, if you deign to make one, and I beseech you to accept the respectful sentiments with which I have the honour to be uh, truly magnanimous man, uh, your very humble and very obedient servant, uh, P. Fabontu, dramatic artist. Uh, now write this down. Madame la Comtesse, it is an unhappy mother of a family of six children, the last of which is only eight months old. I am sick since my last confinement, abandoned by my husband five months ago, having no resources in the world, the most frightful indignance, in the hope of Madame la Comtesse, uh, she has the honour to be Madame, with profound respect, Mistress Balizard. Excuse me, sir. What do you wish, Mademoiselle? Here's a letter for you, Monsieur Marius. Um. My amiable neighbour, young man... I have learned of your goodness to me that you paid my rent six months ago. I bless you, young man. My eldest daughter will tell you that we have been without a morsel of bread for two days, four persons, and my spouse ill. If I am not to be deceived in my opinion, I think I may hope that your generous heart will melt at this statement, and the desire to subjugate you to be propitious to me by deigning to lavish on me... A slight favour. I am, with the distinguished consideration which is due to the benefactors of humanity, Jondrette. A P.S. My daughter will await your orders, dear Monsieur. Um. Ah, books! I know how to read, I do. General Baudin received orders to take the Chateau of Hougamont, which stands in the middle of the plain of Waterloo. I know about Waterloo. It were a battle long ago. My father was there. My father served in the armies. We're fine Bonapartists in our house that we are. Waterloo was against the English, and I know how to write too, shall I show you? I've received an education, I have. We've not always been as we are now. We were not made poor. No, Monsieur Marius, that you are a very handsome fellow. You pay no heed to me, but I know you, Monsieur Marius. I meet you here on the staircase, and then sometimes I've seen you strolling in the park. It's very becoming to you to have your hair tumbled thus. This is for that old fellow who goes to Mass. Perhaps he'll give me something to breakfast on. Do you know what it'll mean if we get a breakfast today? It'll mean that we shall have had our breakfast of the day before yesterday, our breakfast of yesterday, our dinner of today, and all that at once, and this morning. Last winter, before we came here, we lived under the arches of the bridges. We huddled together to try and keep from freezing. My little sister died. <sighs> How melancholy the water is. When I thought of drowning myself, I said to myself, No, it's too cold. I sometimes sleep in the ditches. Do you know, 
At night, when I walk along the boulevard, I see the trees like forks. I see houses all black and as big as Notre Dame. I fancy that the white walls of the river. I say to myself, why, there's water there. Well, you feel very queer when you've had no food. Here. Good, the sun is shining. Five francs, the monarch. Oh, you're a gentleman, sir. Bravo. Two days wine and meat and stew will have a royal feast and a good fill. Good morning, sir. I will deliver my letter and then home for a feast. Rogues! Blaggards! They're all rogues and blaggards! Calm yourself, mon petit general. Don't hurt yourself, dearest. You're too good to write to all those people, husband. He's coming. Who? The gentleman. The philanthropist? Yes. The old fella? He's truly coming? He's coming in a carriage. In a carriage? He is Rothschild. How are you sure? If he's coming in a carriage, how is it that you arrived before him? What did he say to you? He said, give me your address. My daughter has some purchases to make. I will take a carriage to see her safely home and then reach your house at the same time that you do. So I gave him the address. Good. Clever girl. Right. Extinguish the fire. Uh, Pull the straw off that chair. Is it cold? Very cold. It's snowing. Well, get off that bed and break a pane of glass. Eh? Break a pane! Right, you, get into bed. Just see there, you old fool. She's cut herself breaking that pane for you. I foresaw that. So much the better. Why so much the better? Oh, my treasure, I beg you. It's nothing much. Don't cry. You'll anger your father. No, quite the contrary. Sob, sob! (laughs) That's right! Now we can receive the philanthropist. Oh, it's beastly cold in this devil's garret. I could strangle all of them, these rich folks. These men who pretend to be charitable. Then they bring us clothes and bread. Bread! I don't want bread, I want money. I bet he's not even coming, the old beast. Oh, enter, sir. Deign to enter, most respected benefactor. Monsieur, in this package you'll find some new clothes, some woollen stockings and bread. Our angelic benefactor overwhelms us. You see, duds, no money. I see that you are greatly to be pitied, Monsieur... Fabontou. Yes, Fabontou. I remember now. Dramatic artist, sir, and one who has had some success. Fortune formerly smiled on me, alas... Now it is misfortune's turn. You see, my benefactor, no bread, no fire. My poor baby has no fire. My only chair has no seat, a broken pane. And in such weather, my spouse in bed, ill. Poor woman. My child, wounded. Cry, bore. Oh. Poor thing. You see, my beautiful young lady, her bleeding wrist. It came through an accident while working at a machine to earn six sous a day. It may be necessary to cut off her arm. Huh? Really? Alas, yes, my benefactor. Tomorrow is the 4th of February, the fatal day, the last day of grace allowed me by my landlord. If... 
by this evening I have not paid my rent. Tomorrow my wife with her fever. Oh. My child with her wound. Yeah. We shall all be turned out and thrown into the street in the rain, in the snow. I ask for four quarters. A whole year, that is to say, sixty francs. Monsieur Fabontou, these five francs are all that I have about me. The scoundrel! What does he think I could do with these five francs? That won't pay me for my chair and pane of glass. That's what comes of incurring expenses. But I will return this evening. I will be here at six and I will fetch sixty francs. Oh, my benefactor, take a good look at him, wife. Six o'clock. Oh, my protector, my august benefactor, I melt into tears. Her father. I could follow him. I could see where they live. Monsieur Marius, you look sad. What's the matter with you? There is nothing the matter with me. Yes, there is. Let me alone. Here, hold on. Although you're not rich, you were kind this morning. Be so again now. You gave me something to eat, now tell me what ails you. You're grieved, that much is plain. I do not want you to be grieved. What can be done for it? Can I be of any service? I do not ask you for your secrets, you need not tell them, but I may be a use nevertheless. I'm at your service. Make use of me. (laughs) Well, that old gentleman has a daughter. He was here in that carriage... Do you know their address? No. Will you find it for me? Is that what you want? Yes. Do you know them? No. So, you do not know her, but you wish to know her. You shall have the beautiful lady's address. What will you give me? Anything you like. Anything I like? Yes. You shall have the address. I tell you, I recognised him. Are you sure? It's been eight years, but I know him. It's his figure, it's his face, only older. He's better dressed, that's all. And I bet she's with him. That one? Yes. Ooh, I could kick her in the belly. My fortune is made. I tell you, I have had enough misery. I don't find it funny anymore. I want to eat and drink till I'm full. To sleep, to do nothing. I want to have my turn, so I do, before I die. I want a bit of what other people have. I'm going to squeeze him, I tell you, for every sou he's got. Now, I'm going out to see to some business. Get the fire going again and have a brazier of charcoal ready. A brazier of charcoal? Yes, two bushels. Use some of the money. What do you want? Are you Monsieur le Commissaire de Police? He is absent. I'm here instead. There is a matter that requires great urgency. Well, then you'd better speak quickly. It is a private matter, Monsieur. Very well. Come through here. I got three large potatoes and some salt. I took advantage of the fire to cook them. Tomorrow I will take you out to dine with me. We will have a duck. And all the trimmings. You shall dine like Charles the Tenth. This is perfect. The mousetrap is open and the cat is there. Put this in the fire. Enter, sir. Enter, my benefactor. Monsieur Fabontou, 
This is for your rent and your most pressing necessities. We will attend to the rest hereafter. May God requite it to you, my generous benefactor. How is your daughter that was injured? Bad. Very bad, my worthy sir. My wife took her to the infirmary to have her wound dressed. Madame Fabontou seems to me to be better. She is dying. But what do you expect, sir? She has so much courage, that woman has. She's not a woman. She's an ox. Ah, we've had a happy life together. Alas, there is nothing left to us of our days of prosperity. But one must live. Who is this man? Him? Oh, a neighbour of mine. Don't pay him any attention, sir. I shall be satisfied with a thousand crowns. Do you know me? Do you not recognise me? No. My name is not Fabontou. My name is Thenardier. I am the innkeeper of Montfermeil. Do you understand? Thenardier. Now do you know me? No more than before. It wasn't you who came to Montfermeil. To my inn, eight years ago, on Christmas Eve, 1823. It wasn't you who carried off that Fontaine's child from me. You old charity monger. You blackguard. You child stealer. You were the cause of all my misfortunes. For 1,500 francs, you got a girl who had already brought in a great deal of money and from whom I might have extracted enough to live on for the rest of my life. I've got you. I licked your paws this morning, but I'll gnaw your heart this evening. You're mistaken in me. I don't know you. You're mistaking me for some other person. Oh. But you see who I am. I see that you're a villain. Don't you stir. And to think that he's dared to come here and talk to me like a cobbler. I want money. I want a deal of money. I must have an enormous lot of money, or I'll exterminate you by the thunder of the good God. Mon Dieu. You might have shouted, Stop thief! a bit. Murder! I should not have taken it in bad part. It's very natural you should make a little noise when you find yourself with um, persons who don't inspire you with sufficient confidence. But you did not shout. And I will tell you the conclusion that I draw from that fact. When a man shouts, who comes? The police. And after the police, justice. You don't care to have the police and the courts come in any more than we do. You have some interest in hiding something. On our side, we have the same interest. So we can come to an understanding. Write this down. Not you. You. My dear daughter, come instantly. I am in great need of thee. The person carrying this letter will conduct thee to me. Right, now sign it. Write the address. Number 17, Rue Saint-Dominique. Ha! Wife, you know what to do. There's his carriage at the door. Set out at once and return ditto. And don't lose the letter. It has 200,000 francs in it. Just in case you're wondering... I have a friend waiting who's gone with my wife. Once they have your daughter, my friend will take her somewhere safe. And as soon as you give me my 200,000 francs, your daughter shall be returned to you. However, 
If you have me arrested, my friend will do something horrible to your daughter and she will die. That's all. False address? He's given us a false address. You're too good to people, you are. If it had been me, I'd have chopped the beast into four quarters to begin with. I'd have boiled him alive. He would have been forced to speak and say where the girl is and where he keeps his shiners. A false address? What did you expect to gain by that? To gain time. You were wretches. But my life is not worth the trouble of defending it. If you think that you can make me speak, that you can make me write what I do not choose to write, that you can make me say what I do not choose to say, watch carefully. Wretches, I have no more fear of you than you have of me. Do what you please with me. Well, there's only one thing left to do. Cut his throat. That's it. The bobbies are here. Quick, out the window. Uh, come, yeah. the bourgeoisie first. Women and children first. No, we're wasting time. Do you want to waste time? Should we draw lots? Or wet a finger, perhaps? Find the short straw, write names and throw them into a hat? Police Inspector Javert. I'd know that hat anywhere. Oh, it's over. Oh, worthy and reverentially venerated Inspector Javert, have mercy. My own poor daughter will starve without me here to provide for her. My wife, too, is mortally ill with a fever and has but a few hours to live. I'll crush them. I'll crush them all. Don't you dare come near me. Where is he? Why didn't you blow your whistle? Is he in here? The gentleman they held captive, is he here? Devil, he must have been the most valuable of the lot. We've had the revolution in three parts. We made our first change with Mirabeau, the second with Robespierre, the third with Bonaparte. But the people were worn out. The people wanted rest. They'd had enough. I found out where she lives. I have the address. Take me to her. Ask anything of me. How glad you are. Let me go on ahead and follow me. Nice young man like you must not be seen with a woman like me. Remember you promised me something. Oh, uh... I don't want your money. Ambitions were sated. Fortunes were made. And there was a demand for shelter, tranquility... Leisure. The monarchy was reinstated, but they believed that the political right was merely a branch of their divine right, that it was detached by the House of Bourbon and graciously given to the people until such a day as it should please the king to reassume it. I think you are an angel. I think I'm going to die. I adore you. I don't know what I'm saying. Have I displeased you? You love me then. The monarchy was wrong, and... Uh, the restoration fell, but it fell justly. Uh, we admit it had not been absolutely hostile to all forms of progress, and great things had been accomplished with it alongside. What is your name? Cosette. And yours? Marius. I love you, Cosette. I adore you, Marius. Make sure the dad doesn't find out. That'd be a cock-up. 
He'll probably take her off somewhere else and you'll lose her again. <laughs> it's not the man that is the problem, it's the throne. Revolutions spring not from an accident, but from necessity. It's because it must be that it is. And so we fight on. One cannot revolt against a revolution. We don't count the number of our enemies. Caution is necessary. The police have their spies everywhere. We collect money to buy powder and shot. We don't sleep at night because we make cartridges all night. Soon we will be ready. Soon the barricades will be complete. What's eating him? The dad found out and took her off somewhere. <laughs> he made a cock-up. There'll be a squabble in the Rue Saint-Martin. A riot in the Faubourg Saint-Antoine. A fusillade in the Rue de pont Soon we shall be parallel with the government. With 25,000 men, we can face them. Soon we shall overthrow the government. Soon. Long live the people. Long, Long live, live the, the people. people. Who goes there? The French Revolution. Fire. Comrades, let us not waste our powder. Let us wait until they're in the street before replying. And above all, let us raise the flag again. Who is there with a bold heart? Who will plant the flag on the barricade again? Does no one volunteer? Oh, give it to me. You. Go back to sleep, you drunk. Give me the flag. Stop wasting my time. There are matters of greatness occurring here in which you deserve no part. Long live the revolution. Long live the republic. Fraternity, equality and death. Long live the Republic! Fire! The head of a fool and the heart of a lion. Citizens, we hesitated. He came. We were drawing back. He advanced. This man is august in the eyes of his country. He had a short life, but a magnificent death. I'm sure you're not supposed to be here. Who is this man? Who are you? I am an agent of the authorities. My name is Javert. So, the mouse has caught the cat. You'll be shot ten minutes before the barricade is taken. Why not at once? We're saving powder. Why not use a knife? Spy, we are judges, not assassins. They're at the foot of the barricade. We shall be overrun. Be off with you, or I'll blow up the barricade. Blow, Blow up, up the, the barricade, barricade. And, and yourself with it. And myself, also. Oh, missed. The barricade is free. Vive la France. Long live France. Listen, it's surely... Long live... Your friends have just killed you. Monsieur Marius. Monsieur Marius. Over here. You do not recognize me? No. Eponine. What are you doing here? I'm dying. You are wounded. Wait, I'll carry you into the room. They will attend you there. Is it serious? How shall I take hold of you in order not to hurt you? Where are you hurt? Help! Help! My God. But why did you come here? Have I hurt you? A little. 
But I only touched your hand. It's pierced. With what? A bullet. But how? Did you see a gun aimed at you? Yes, but the bullet did not reach me. My hand stopped it. What? Madness! Poor child. But, so much the better if that is all. It is nothing. Let me carry you to a bed. They will dress your wound. One does not die of a pierced hand. The bullet came in through my hand, but it came out through my back. It's useless to remove me from this spot. But you can care for me better than any surgeon. Do you remember the day I entered your chamber? That were a long time ago. You gave me a hundred sous and I said to you, I don't want your money. I hope you picked up your coin. You're not rich and I did not think to tell you to pick it up. The sun was shining bright and it was not cold. I'm so happy. Oh no, don't go away now. It will not be long. Listen, I have a letter in my pocket for you. The young lady gave it me. The young lady whose address you asked for. She knew I could find you. But I kept it. I did not want to have it reach her. Take it. Now, for my trouble, promise me. What? Promise me. I promise. Promise to give me a kiss on my brow when I'm dead. I shall feel it. And by the way, Monsieur Marius, I believe that I was a little bit in love with you. My dearest, alas, my father insists on leaving immediately. He fears further attempts of robbery and deceit. We shall be this evening in the Rue de l'Homme number seven. In a week we shall be in England. Our marriage was impossible. I have no fortune, neither of you. I came to you, but you were no longer there. Our situation now at the barricade is hopeless. I will die. I love you. When you read this, my soul will be near to you, and you will smile. Marius, quick! Insurgents coming again! Confer, shoot that sergeant of artillery. Without him, the gun will be useless. Andras, you would have me take aim at that sergeant, but you're not looking at him. He has a father, a mother, a family. He's probably in love. He's not more than five and twenty at the most. He might be your brother. He is. Then let us not kill him. It must be done. Another is taking his place. Oh, the fools. 
They're getting their own men killed and they're using up our ammunition for nothing. We are hungry here. Are we really going to die like this without anything to eat? They're bringing up an eight-pounder. Keep those eight guns loaded. Swords and pistols in your belts. Twenty men to the barricade. Six ambushed in the attic windows. Let not a single worker remain inactive here. Presently, when the drum beats the assault, let the twenty below stairs rush to the barricade. The last man to leave this room will smash the skull of this spy. Allow me. I'll take him away and blow his brains out. Any objection? No objection. Everybody, man your station. All hands! Citizens, sell your lives dearly. Javert, it is I. Take your revenge. <laughs> A knife. That's good. That suits you better. In the back. You were free. I do not think that I shall escape from this place, but if, by chance, I do, I live under the name of Fauchelevent in the Rue de l'Homme Armé. Have a care. Go. Rue de l'Homme Armé. Number seven. Number seven. I don't understand. Why didn't you kill me? Be off with you. Half shares. How are you going to manage to get out? It's impossible to pick the lock of the sewer gate, but still, you have to get out. That's true. Well, half shares then. What do you mean by that? You killed that man. Going to throw him in the Seine? Fair enough. I have a key. You didn't kill that man without looking to see what he had in his pockets. Give me my half. I'll open the door for you. Look. So how much did he have in his bags? Blimey, you knocked him over cheap. Now, my friend, you have paid, so clear out. So, Inspector Javert, you have me in your power. Moreover, I have regarded myself as your prisoner ever since this morning. I did not give you my address with any intention of escaping from you. Take me. Only grant me one favour. What are you doing here? And who is this man? It is with regard to him that I desire to speak to you. Dispose of me as you see fit, but... First, help me to carry him home. That is all I ask of you. This man was at the barricades. He is the one they call Marius. He's wounded. He's a dead man. No, not yet. So you brought him here from the barricade. Coachman, take this man to number seven, Rue de l'Homme See he gets help if he survives the journey. So, I have a choice. I owe you my life. I can accept the debt and repay it. Repay a fugitive from justice, a convict that has been a good man. Repay his service with another service. I can sacrifice my duty to these personal motives. Betray society in order to remain true to my conscience. Why did you do this to me? What did you expect me to do? To release you would be wrong. Go. Go. I admire you. I'm not prepared for that.
Yes, that man. Goodness knows who he was, was amazing. Do you know what he did? He intervened like some kind of archangel. He must have flung himself into the midst of the battle, have stolen me away, have opened the sewer, have dragged me into it, and, and have carried me through it. He must have travelled more than a league and a half in those frightful subterranean galleries weighed down in the dark, in the cesspool. More than a league and a half, dragging a corpse on his shoulder. And that corpse was me? You are not a corpse. Well, I may as well have been. And I still have no idea who he was. Oh, here comes your father. Ask him now. Yes. Yes, I will. Sir... I, Baron Marius Pomacy, have the honour of asking you for the hand of Mademoiselle. There, you have permission to adore me. My angel. It is all arranged, then. We shall live with my grandfather in his fine house, which is soon to be mine, and your father will live with us. Father, are you happy? I am very happy. Dinner is served. Cosette loves you so dearly. You must not forget that you have a chamber here. It is close to ours. It opens onto the garden. The bed is made. It is all ready. You only have to take possession of it. Sir, I have something to say to you. I am an ex-convict. What do you mean? I mean that I've been in the galleys. You're talking rubbish. This cannot be. Monsieur Pontmercy, I was 19 years in the galleys. For theft. At the present moment, I've broken my parole. Wait. Tell me everything. You are the father of Cosette? I, the father of Cosette? God, no. Monsieur le Baron Pomercy, I am a peasant of Faverolles. I earn my living by pruning trees. My name is Jean Valjean. I am not related to Cosette. Reassure yourself. Ten years ago, I did not know that she was in existence. I love her. It is true. One loves a child whom one has seen when very young, being old oneself. When one is old, one feels oneself a grandfather towards all little children. She was an orphan, without either father or mother. She needed me. That is why I began to love her. Even a man like me can become a child's protector. But why do you tell me all this? Who forces you to do so? You could have kept your secrets yourself. You are neither denounced, nor tracked, nor pursued. Why? What's your motive? My motive? Honesty. We cannot live here as one family. I belong to no family. I certainly do not belong to yours. I could have lied, it's true. I've deceived you all. So long as it was for her, I, I could lie. But now it would be for myself. And I must not. I cannot wish to taint now what you and Cosette have. You ask why I speak. I'm neither denounced nor pursued nor tracked, you say. Yes, I am denounced. Yes, I am tracked. By whom? 
by myself. It is I who bar the passage to myself, and I drag myself, and I push myself, and I arrest myself, and I execute myself, and when one holds oneself, one is firmly held. I am an honest man. It is by degrading myself in your eyes that I elevate myself in my own. Yes, an honest man. I should not be so if, through my fault, you to esteem me. Now that you despise me, I am so. I am a galley slave who obeys his conscience. Imagine this. I've said nothing. I've remained Monsieur Fauchelevent. I've taken my place in your house. I'm one of you. You think me your equal. One fine day you're there and I'm there. We're conversing, we're laughing. All at once you hear a voice shouting this name, Jean Valjean. And behold, that terrible hand, the police, darts from the darkness and abruptly tears off my mask. My grandfather has friends. I will procure your pardon. I need but one pardon, that of my conscience. Poor Cosette. When she finds out... Sir, I conjure you. I entreat now, sir. Give me your most sacred word of honour that you will not tell her. Be at your ease. I will keep your secret for myself alone. I thank you, sir. Now that you know, do you think, sir, you who are the master, that I ought not to see Cosette any more? I think it would be better. I shall never see her more. Uh, stay, sir. If you will allow it, I will come to see her. If I had not cared to see Cosette, I should not have made to you the confession that I've made. If you do not disapprove of it, I will come to see Cosette from time to time. I, I will not come often. I will not remain long. Uh, you shall give orders that I am to be received in the little waiting room on the ground floor. I could enter perfectly well by the garden door. Thank you, sir. You're very kind. Oh, but you've eaten nothing. Certainly I have. You ate nothing today and you ate nothing yesterday. Look, the plate's quite full. Look at the water jug. It's empty. That proves that you've drunk. It doesn't prove that you've eaten. Well, what if I felt hungry only for water? That's called thirst. And when one doesn't eat at the same time, it's called fever. I will eat tomorrow. And your walks. Used to be once a day every day. Then it was twice a week. And then only to the corner and back. And now, nothing. For the last six months, nothing. I will eat tomorrow. I will eat tomorrow. I'll eat tomorrow. The idea of leaving my platter without even touching it. My ladyfinger potatoes were very good. I promise you I will eat them. I'm not pleased with you. Poor old man. He's as white as a chicken. Oh, Cosette. You are a smile which passed over me. I am about to plunge into the night without ever seeing you again. Oh... For one minute, for one instant, to hear your voice, to gaze upon you, upon you, the angel, and then to die. It is nothing to die.
quite as frightful as to die without seeing you. My God. My God, I shall never see you again. Monsieur, there is a man to see you. Hmm? I'll show him in. A Monsieur Tenard. What do you want? It seems impossible to me that I should not have already had the honour of seeing Monsieur the Baron in society. I think I actually did meet Monsieur, personally, uh, several years ago at the house of um, uh, Madame Le, Le Princesse Bagration and in the drawing rooms of his lordship, the Vicomte d'Ombray, peer of France. I know neither Madame Bagration nor Monsieur d'Ombray. I have never set foot in the house of either of them in my life. No, oh, then it must have been at Chateaubriand's that I've seen Monsieur. I know Chateaubriand very well. He's very affable. He sometimes says to me, he says to me, Tenard, my friend, won't you drink a glass of wine with me? I have never had the honour of being received by Monsieur de Chateaubriand. Let us cut it short. What? Do you want? Sir, I need a little money. <sighs> and what concern is that of mine? Monsieur le Baron, I will be precise. I have a secret to sell you. A secret? Which concerns me? Somewhat. What is the secret? Monsieur le Baron, you have in your house a thief. And an assassin. In my house? No. An assassin and a thief. I'm about to tell you his name. I'm listening. His name is Jean Valjean. I know it. He is an ex-convict. I know. Yes, because I've told you. No, I knew it before. I will not permit myself to contradict, Monsieur Le Baron. In any case, you ought to perceive that I am well informed. Now, what I have to tell you is known to myself alone. I know your secret. Just as I knew Jean Valjean's name. Just as I know your name. That is not difficult, Monsieur Le Baron. I had the honour to introduce myself to your servant, who introduced me. Uh, Tenard. D.A. Eh? Tenardier. Who's that? You are also Jondrette the workman, Fabantou the comedian, Genflo the poet, Don Alvarez the Spaniard, and Mistress Balazard. Well, so be it. I am Tenardier. Monsieur Le Baron is infallible. Tenardier, I have told you your name. Now, shall I tell you your secret? Actually, I know more about it than you do. Jean Valjean is an assassin and a thief. A thief because he robbed a wealthy manufacturer, a mayor no less, whose ruin he brought about. An assassin because he assassinated police agent Javert. These are facts. No. Hold on. Monsieur le Baron, Jean Valjean did not rob Monsieur le Maire, and Jean Valjean did not kill Javert. What? How so? For two reasons. Which are? Speak! Well, this is the first. He did not rob Monsieur le Maire, because it is Jean Valjean himself who was Monsieur le Maire. And this is the second. He did not assassinate Javert, because the person who killed Javert was Javert. What are you saying? Javert committed suicide. But 
What proof? I watched him do it. Well, then, this unhappy wretch is an admirable man. He is Monsieur Le Maire, the providence of a whole countryside. He is Jean Valjean, Javert's saviour. He is a hero. He is a saint. He's not a saint, and he's not a hero. He's an assassin and a robber. I want money, and you will see that I deserve it. Monsieur Le Baron, about a year ago, on the day of the insurrection, a man was in the Grand Sewer of Paris. For certain reasons, he had adopted the sewer as his domicile, and he had a key to it. At about eight o'clock, the man hears a noise in the sewer. Someone was coming. A little light which fell through a grating permitted our man to recognise the newcomer as he approached, and to see that he was dragging something on his shoulder. It was a corpse. This convict, this assassin, was on his way to fling a corpse into the river. Now, the convict said to our man, You see what I have on my shoulder? I need to get out. You have the key. Give it to me. The man who had the key was able to examine the dead man, and he could see that the latter was young, well-dressed, possibly rich, and all disfigured with blood, after which he opened the grating. Now you understand. The man who was dragging the corpse was Jean Valjean. The one who had the key is speaking to you at this moment in time. Monsieur Le Baron, I have the strongest of reasons for believing that the assassinated young man was an opulent stranger lured into a trap by Jean Valjean and the bearer of an enormous sum of money. That young man was me. Bugger. You are an infamous wretch. You are a liar and a villain. You came here to accuse that man. You have only justified him. It is you who are the thief. And it is you who are the assassin. I saw you, Thénardier Jondrette, in that lair on the Rue de l'Hôpital. I know enough about you to send you to the galleys and even further if I choose. Here are your thousand francs, bully that you are. Now get out of here. And if I ever see your face... Again. A carriage! Cosette! Cosette, come quick! Oh, oh my God! It was he who saved my life. He is an angel. He saved others as well. He saved Javert. He rescued me to give me to you. He, he carried me on his shoulder through that frightful sewer. Oh, I am an ungrateful monster. Cosette. After having been your saviour, he became mine. We're going to bring him back. Whether he is willing or not, he shall never leave us again. Father. Cosette. My father. It is you. You're here. You forgive me? My father. And you? You pardon me? Thank you. How wicked of you to have left us like that. Where did you go? Why have you stayed away so long? How long have you been back? So you're here. Uh, Monsieur Pontmercy, you pardon me. Cosette, do you hear? He has come to that. He asks my forgiveness. 
And do you know what he has done for me, Gazette? He has saved my life. He has done much more. He has given you to me. And after having saved my life, and after having given you to me, Gazette, what has he done with himself? He has sacrificed himself. And he says to me, thanks. Gazette, that man is an angel. Hush, hush. Why say all that? I told the truth. What else could I do? The truth is the whole truth, and that you did not tell. I owed my life to you. Why didn't you say that? You shall not pass another day in this dreadful house. Do not imagine you'll be here tomorrow. Tomorrow? I shall not be here. And I shall not be with you. Father, your chamber still stands ready in our house. If only you knew how pretty the garden is now. Azaleas are doing very well. There are tiny violet shells. We grow strawberries. I water them myself. You shall have your plot in the garden. You, you shall cultivate it. And we shall see whether your strawberries are as fine as mine. And then I, I shall do everything that you wish and we'll, we shall be so happy. Father, do not leave us. It is nothing to die. It is dreadful not to live. I love you dearly. Oh, how good it is to die like this. And you love me too, my Cosette. Your mother, Cosette, she was called Fontaine. Remember that name, Fontaine. Neil, whenever you say it. She suffered much. She loved you dearly. She had as much unhappiness in her short life as you have had happiness. That is the way God apportions things. I no longer see clearly, my children. I had still other things to say, but never mind. Think a little of me. I die happy. Give me your dear and well-beloved heads, so that I may lay my hands upon them. was a Hot Buckle production recorded under lockdown conditions due to COVID-19 in April 2020. It featured the voices of Andrew Chevalier, recorded in Brixton, London, Fiona Leaning, recorded in southern France, Emily Lockwood and Peter Randall, recorded in Ricelit, South London, and Adrian Prater and Gemma Aston, recorded in Shropshire. Adapted from the Victor Hugo novel by Adrian Prater, the music was by Hot Buckle.